Yo, guys, what is good? Welcome to episode number 197 here live on the Twitch channel here on the Flow Show Pod. My name is Dylan, and I can't believe I'm actually on Twitch again. I have not been on Twitch in a while. This is really exciting. We got a big show for you guys planned today and this evening. Again, it is 2021, one final hour, and we're actually going to be live on. Oh, let me fix that real quick. All right, I fixed that there real quick. Regardless of that, I had to fix my Twitch there, but we are currently live here on Twitch and on ColorCast. ColorCast is a great platform. Our friends over at ColorCast, give them a shout. They have a great platform giving all the young aspiring broadcasters and even just the fans in the sports world in general an opportunity to get the chance to talk sports get the broadcast sports it is definitely a great platform to get going in your broadcasting career but we got a lot to get into here on today's show we're going to recap my 2021 year got a lot to get into we got a little bit of the bubbly obviously the non-alcoholic bubbly we got to get into that here as we approach the midnight hour we are almost basically Less than an hour away from the midnight hour, obviously, for some people who are on the West Coast or the Midwest who are listening to us. Again, we do appreciate it. And if you guys are listening on the Midwest or West Coast, you have to wait a few more hours until the new year officially gets ringed in. But obviously here over on the Beast Coast, the East Coast, if you will, we will be talking all things. Again, my name is Dylan. If you guys are new here to my Twitch channel, and I do see we have some viewers, do comment throughout the evening. We would love to get to talk to you guys. And again, hit that subscribe and follow button for sure. We definitely will appreciate that. And again, we got a lot of things planned here on today's show as on my podcast that I do here on this channel, we basically talk all things Florida baseball. That is right. Not Florida Gators baseball, but things and baseball here in the state of Florida. Obviously, we got a lot of baseball here in the state of Florida. We're definitely a very uh, spoiled bunch here in the state of Florida. So definitely check us out here and check our channel out. We got a lot that we bring to the table. So again, we do appreciate it. If you do, again, hit that follow button here on the Flow Show pod twitch channel or if you are watching us you know from other locations as such as ColorCast here again we will appreciate you if you hit the follow button on there as well so again we got a lot playing here for today's show we're going to talk about my 2021 year here in just a few moments uh we're we might have some guests here jumping on the show with us later this evening i am wearing my press passes that i've gotten throughout the season this year because obviously this year for me was pretty crazy i mean just to talk about this year you know just everything that transpired from the beginning of the year with spring training from the kind of middle of the season where things are starting to kind of get back to normal a little bit and then heading into 
you know, kind of the fall season. We got postseason baseball. It was definitely a wild year this year, especially. So definitely excited for the new year for 2022. And again, we got a lot in store for 2022. And we'll talk about that throughout the show as well. Again, we have our, our chat here. If you want to chime in on our chat through Twitch, definitely, please, we will appreciate that. And again, we have a lot planned here on this beautiful evening here in Florida in 2021 as we approach the 2022 year. Again, we are also, again, on ColorCast as well. Hopefully, we'll get a few people from the ColorCast channel jumping on. If you are jumping on on ColorCast, we, again, are on Twitch here this evening as well, so you can watch the live show. And again, we might have some guests roaming in throughout this evening's episode. So uh, we'll kind of get into, I guess, my 2021 year. And uh, man, oh man, it was a crazy 2021 year for this podcast. Really a growth year, I would be honest. Um, and and kind of going into last year in 2020, I guess you would say 2020 and last year, it was crazy. Last year was really crazy. I remember in March watching spring training baseball on MLB Network And I remember going into that game and I remember when they had announced that everything was going to get canceled and basically we were going to have to sit out for a few weeks in baseball. And it was definitely one of those kind of surreal moments. It was definitely a moment that I think as a baseball fan, I would have never thought would have happened. You know, I've been a baseball fan for 10 years, probably at this point. And to think that that was actually going to happen, it wouldn't, I would have never have thought it would have happened. I mean, as, as is for everybody, And to think now, you know, heading into 2021, you know, limited capacity was in action. You know, we had a lot of things happening here in the uh, country. So definitely a crazy, crazy year that we had to go through. But definitely, I would say for me as a, you know, broadcaster and as basically doing stuff with the minor league baseball world, it was definitely a growth year and it was definitely an exciting year uh, for the podcast. And we got a lot to talk about. So some of the stuff that we got to do this year was really, really neat. And we'll kind of begin off for me, I guess, personally, and then we'll kind of go into the more of the podcast, if you will, realm. So one of the big things is I ended up starting doing play-by-play this year. If you guys don't know what play-by-play is, it's usually when you listen to the broadcasters on TV, you usually have a play-by-play announcer, and then you have a color commentator. Usually the color commentator is somebody who is usually a former player, a former coach, somebody who's worked in the front office maybe at some point during their career. So that is usually your color commentator. With your play-by-play, that's the guy who's kind of you know going into each play and describing what's actually happening out on the field. That is officially what I have done this year as I got in with my local college and as well as the Tampa Bay Titans, which is out of the basketball league. The basketball league is a very, very fun, entertaining league. I recommend you go checking it out. The basketball league is heading into, I believe it's sixth season here, heading into 2022, which is relatively remarkable. And not only that, they have had 48 teams heading into this season. It is going to be a really, really great year. Check us out, the Tampa Bay Titans. We would definitely appreciate it. Check us out for our games. We got a league like Pass, if you will, where you can watch all the games. So definitely check us out. We have teams, I believe, in Vegas, Dallas. We 
got a lot of big venues and big markets. And we also got some smaller markets too that we've been adding. We've had Reading, Pennsylvania's in it. Uh, there's a few other smaller markets as well that are part of this league. So definitely a growing league. It's a mix between big markets and small markets. So it's definitely a really fun league and it's fun to see this league grow and being able to be a part of it has just been a wild experience. I mean, just to be a part of a play-by-play you know, atmosphere, just be able to be around the equipment and be able to work with those people has been absolutely incredible. And I couldn't ask for any more. And that was really what got my year started was doing play by play. One of the first things I did this year was do play was getting to do play by play. Obviously, I had other things I got to do. I got to go to the Super Bowl experience down here in Tampa. Super Bowl experience is always fun. I love the Super Bowl. I love, you know, the whole lead up to it, you know, the events and all that. It's definitely fun and to have it down here with your hometown team is uh, definitely an exciting, exciting moment for sure. So again, we got that this year, a few other things that happened, obviously I got to get to go to spring training, spring training. Obviously we are very fortunate to have 15 spring training teams down here. I tell you what, we are definitely again, very, uh, we're, we're very, very, very lucky. I guess you would say we're, you know, we're spoiled with baseball down here in Florida. I will say that, but uh, we definitely had, a really fun spring training. I went to seven spring training games. I kind of forget sometimes that I went to that many because it really went by that quick, but I went to seven spring training games this year. I went to Fort Myers. I went to Bradenton, Tampa, Clearwater. Uh, trying to think where else I went to. And I went to Dunedin twice. So six and seven, I went to two Dunedin games this year as well. So I had my fair share of spring training. I just think this year was a little different with spring training. And I don't know if people can attest to this, but spring training this year, it almost felt like, and it, again, it was a weird spring training. It wasn't as normal as the last couple of years. If you guys have been to spring training, it is a different atmosphere. You get all the players down. It's fun for the you know family. It's fun for the fans because you get to meet the players. You get great access to the teams. So it's definitely a different experience, but not having that same experience last year due to just all the limitations with the players and the fans was definitely very strange. And for me, it kind of took away from spring training, but to have baseball back and to be able to say I can go to games and limited capacity, I, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great, great spring training. I really enjoy my time this year at spring training. I mean, just to be able to get to see the pitchers that I got to see during spring training was pretty remarkable. I got to see some really good pitchers during spring training. I got to see Kent Maeda. I got to see Ryan Yarborough. I got to see some really quality pitchers and quality arms that are going to be guys who I imagine will be you know, top tier talents here in the years to come. Obviously, Kenta Maeda's, you know, made his name for himself the last couple of years, but uh, it's definitely been really exciting just to kind of, you know, be able to go to spring training and get to see a lot of the good pitchers that I've gotten to see. I've, I've actually seen a lot of good pitchers this year. If, if I really think about it, I've got to see Max Scherzer this year. I saw Otani, which obviously wasn't pitching the night I went to go see him, but I still got to see him get to the play and hit that was amazing he actually had a home run when i went to dunedin back in april so it was definitely crazy crazy start to the year and, and just being able to have dunedin 
um, you know, baseball here in the month of April was really awesome. We'll get into more of that here in just a few moments. But again, spring training was really incredible. I uh, got to go to one new, actually, excuse me, two new stadiums during the spring. I went to Bradenton and Fort Myers. I've never been to Bradenton and I've never been to Fort Myers. Fort Myers was a haul to get down to Fort Myers. I will tell you that much. That was a very, very long drive. I will not be doing that again this year. And Bradenton wasn't too bad. Bradenton is actually a, a, a decent ballpark. It's it's an older ballpark. If you're looking for a ballpark that has character, I would say this that's the place to go to. It's small. You could tell it's, you know, obviously a local kind of in-town ballpark, but it, it's definitely got its little bit of history to it. And it's a, it's a nice updated facility that they've been able to put together there in Bradenton. Obviously, if you're a Pirates fan, you know that the product right now is not really up to the standards, I would say. And it's really unfortunate because if you think about it, the Pirates organization is one of the more historic organizations in baseball. And for them to really not have as much success lately and to really almost kind of be a joke, if you will, is kind of tough. But I have hope for my Pirates. I I will say my Pirates because I do root for the Pirates very, very often. They're one of my favorite teams that I do root for throughout the season. Obviously, I am a Phillies fan for people who are just joining us and does not know about me. I am a Philadelphia Phillies fan. I know people might get triggered in the comment section, but I am a Philadelphia Phillies fan, and it is great to be a Philadelphia Phillies fan because – uh, they're the best team in baseball. They're, they're going to be the best team in baseball. Joe Girardi, hashtag manager of the year 2022, by the way. And by the way, World Series champions, Philadelphia Phillies heading into 2022. So I w- if we do end up winning the World Series next year, I will be freaking excited as all hell. It will be amazing. So anyways, uh, that's my little rant about my Philadelphia Phillies. It's been a rough couple of years for us, so I'm, I'm not looking forward to the hope next year, but we'll, we'll see. I, I do hope. I, I like what Bryce Harper has been able to bring to the table. So again, spring training was really incredible, and if you have a chance to get to go to spring training, whether it be in Florida, whether it be in Arizona, definitely get out to spring training. Obviously, baseball right now in kind of a weird situation with the lockout. I have not bought my tickets yet for spring training. I don't know if there's going to be a spring training. That's why I haven't bought my tickets. So I would kind of recommend them maybe not buy them, but if you do buy them, at least you're prepared if there is a spring training to actually occur. So um, again, that is kind of my whole thing there with me not buying my spring training tickets. I will get them though, hopefully for sure. And I do have some plans on maybe going to Northport this year to go see the Atlanta Braves since they just won the world series now let's talk about my next month obviously in april that was opening month of the season still a little strange obviously at that point the you know stadium still haven't had opened up yet unfortunately so unfortunately we didn't get the you know kind of full experience still for baseball really again there's still kind of limitations we really couldn't go very much so it was still kind of unfortunate you know we we're kind of still in a time where we really didn't have a lot of opportunities to get to see the players and stuff but it was really awesome because there was a once in a lifetime opportunity i got to see the Dunedin blue jays twice on two occasions one earlier in the month of April and one later in the month of April as I got to see the Dunedin Blue Jays take on the LA Angels and I got to see the Dunedin Blue Jays take on the Washington Nationals. That was really awesome. And the cool thing about the whole Angels series was the Angels play in Arizona for spring training. So that was a almost once in a lifetime type of moment to see Mike Trout in Dunedin 
in a little minor league stadium. Like it was legit. I mean, it's literally a minor league stadium, guys. It's a spring training ballpark. It's not really meant for pro major league regular season games. Obviously, circumstances arise and, you know, you know, they try to make things work. And I'll give them credit. They did a really good job. It, it, it was really, really neat to see actually to see major league baseball and how it was different compared to how the minor league season was different in the setup. So if you kind of, if you went in April to Dunedin and if you went in April, or I guess it would be June when they came back or May, I believe it was for the Blue Jays, the Dunedin Blue Jays. If you look at kind of the transitional period from that to that it's completely different the way they set up the ballpark, the way they set up, you know, the clubhouses. It was really, really cool to see just kind of the differences from Major League Baseball games played in Dunedin to Minor League Baseball games played in Dunedin. Obviously, you have less players for the Minor League games, so it's a little bit different. But when you have the Major League games, they actually made a makeshift clubhouse for the LA Angels. It was really, really interesting, and they made it on the concourse. So it was definitely an interesting thing to see kind of that difference of major league baseball and minor league baseball in Dunedin. It was really, really neat. So I really enjoyed getting to see kind of the differences in that aspect of it. But to say, I got to see Mike Trout and Joey Otani. And it's funny enough, I got tickets down the baseline. I remember when I got these tickets and I was so excited to get them because I knew this will be my chance to see Otani and Mike Trout. And I ended up moving down towards behind home play because there barely was anybody there. And I got to see Mike Trout like we're up close. We got, to, I got to talk to Justin Upton for a minute. He kind of responded to my question. I thought, I think I forgot. I asked him something about BJ's brother. Uh, obviously if you guys don't know BJ Upton, Tampa Ray played with the blue Jays. I believe he played a few other teams. I don't remember what other teams he played for, but he did have a awesome, awesome career. And again, really excited to see what he's doing right now with his broadcasting career with MLB network. But again, BJ Upton, I asked him a question to his brother, Justin, who is with the angels currently. I'm not sure if he's with them still now. I believe he only signed a one-year contract. So uh, don't quote me on that angels fans, but you could definitely put in the comment section below here. And again, I'm actually going to go check my chat room real quick. Nobody chatting up here real quick, but again, if you are just touring us and you are wondering who I am again, my name is Dylan. I host the flow show podcast here on Twitch, which will be talking a little bit more about it because they're obviously I got some news to attend to and to announce, obviously. So we're going to talk about that here in just a little while. As we approach the 12 o'clock hour, we are 40 minutes away from the 12 o'clock hour here on a, I guess, Friday night as we're heading to Saturday evening. And again, we might not stay on till the 1230 time frame that I have announced, but again, that will be up kind of up to debate here as the show progresses. But again, this is also episode number 197. So this is a live episode show of the podcast. So that's going to be kind of fun to be able to have a live show and then be able to post it. So it's going to be definitely neat here from our perspective. But again, talking about the April month with Dunedin being in town and then going later that month with one of my buddies, I got to go down again. I got to go see the Washington Nationals that game. And to get a Vlad home run ball on a day that he had three home runs, he had like an MLB record or it was like an MLB, you know, it was like an MLB first or something like that. It was one of the coolest things I've ever had this year. One of the best 
home run balls. I think one of the few, I think it was one of like the first home run balls I've ever actually acquired, like during game, like actually a game home run ball. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever gotten. Um, just to be able to have a Vlad home run ball in my possession and to still have it. I even wrote down on the box, like I wrote down on the little cubicle box that I have of it, Vlad home run, three home runs, first time ever or whatever it was, um, was really, really awesome. And just to have that is, is, is a really neat thing. So definitely one of the cooler things I have in one of, in my collection that is constantly growing. I'm always adding new stuff to my, you know, memorabilia collection, which I added a, a new thing up here. I have a cheese it box from the cheese it bowl. And uh, I added that into my collection from one of the players. He threw, threw it up to me. So I thought that was pretty funny, but um. Now going in, I guess, to May, obviously May, everything kind of started to open back up. We had the expansion of crowds, which was awesome. I was so excited to see baseball with, you know, full capacities for a lot of the teams. It was great. I, I It was such an awesome thing in May. And that was when minor league baseball made its return. And, oh, man, oh, man, was I fired up about this because – Obviously, minor league baseball is my baby. I love minor league baseball. I think it's fun. I think it's great for the family. It's great for kids. I think it's a it's a all inclusive event. It it brings people together. It's it kind of brings in the fun that major league baseball has unfortunately taken away. And 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 as much as major league baseball, I think it's good that they have these big time personalities in major league baseball, like a Juan Soto, like a Fernando Tatis Jr. guys who have a bright personality that bring kind of that fun to the game where they don't really have to incorporate events and such that make the game fun. Though I do think having events like the field of dreams game, I think it's such like that, that's a fans fun, you know, I, I would say, but I think to have players like that who can bring that energy to a ballpark and kind of almost bring the fun out of a fan that major league baseball doesn't have to do it. They're a marketable brand. That's the issue. The difference between minor league and major league minor league baseball. That's like going to an independent league game. You know what I mean? It's, it's completely different. It's unfortunate to say, but to see minor league baseball make its return and to see them, you know, have the capacities back, obviously at the beginning, I believe they still had limited capacity, but just to be able to go to minor league games this year was incredible. And man, oh man, did I go to a lot of minor league games this season. I remember my first game was actually Clearwater versus Lakeland. Funny enough, that was literally the last minor league game I went to before um, obviously the season got postponed, actually got canceled in 2020. So basically that was the last time I saw minor league baseball in the state of Florida and really at all because minor league baseball didn't get played in 2020. So to be able to go to a minor league game and be able to see the game that I literally was the last game I saw is pretty crazy to think about. So that was really awesome just to be able to go to that and be able to be a part of that. So that was really, really cool. Um, I got to go to another one a few weeks later. I saw Dunedin and Clearwater. I saw Dunedin and Bradenton as well play in Clearwater. It was very strange. So again, at that point, Dunedin, the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays were still playing in Dunedin, their regular season games. I believe they were hosting the Phillies that weekend. So that was definitely interesting um, to really get into. And they actually had a game in Clearwater between the Dunedin Blue Jays and Bradenton Marauders. So it was a home series for Dunedin and they did allow fans at the game. I attended one of them and there was literally nobody at the game. It was weird, but it was kind of neat in the same realm because it wasn't really a 
like regular game if you understand what i mean it was really really strange it was definitely a weird game all around and definitely a weird event and also i even got a baseball out of it doing media so i was actually covering that game for my podcast and i ended up getting a baseball out of it i thought that was hilarious i really really thought that was funny one of the players tossed it up to me i don't know if the threshers guys is uh robert stretch is listening to this or if we'll listen to this later on but uh robert i did get a baseball i know i know they shine upon you know media members getting baseballs but they literally pointed at me and they're like yeah we're gonna try to get this over this netting and toss this to this guy so i said you know what screw it i'm just gonna do it because i think this will be funny so anyways that was fun and again just really that month of may being able to be back at minor league ballparks and seeing my buddy dominic being able to get back into his grind again was was just really awesome and Again, what a what a fun minor league season it was this year. Obviously, June came around, more minor league. I went to Dunedin for the first time for my first ever minor league game. I've never been to Dunedin for a minor league game, so that was exciting to get to go to their press box. Nice press box, by the way. Really, really nice press box there. Nothing crazy, nothing too crazy. Um, I've, I've been to some you know, interesting press boxes throughout my time. And obviously most of them are relatively the same, but there are some that are a little bit different kind of like Bradenton's press boxes, a little bit different than some of the other press boxes in the uh, low a Southeast league, but uh, definitely really exciting to be able to go to Dunedin. I got out to Tampa this year for my first minor league game in Tampa. And that actually was one of my, I believe my first, it was during the weekend of that first week of the minor league season. Um, I was got media credentials for that game. And that was a crazy weekend because I remember Dunedin was just, or it was Tampa, I believe were scoring lights out. Like they had like 25 runs in one game. I'm like, Holy crap. I'm like, how many runs is this team going to get this season? They almost had a hundred runs in the first week, which I thought was pretty crazy, but uh, just be able to get to go to Tampa that first week was cool too. And uh, being able to go to Dunedin, two places I've never got to see minor league baseball. That was awesome. Um, and then also got getting to go to Bradenton as well. I got to go to a Bradenton Marauders game. Actually, I went to a few this year. I got out to a couple because I had a buddy who uh, this podcast will be coming out hopefully shortly. It'll be episode 199 on the podcast. So again, stay tuned for that. But we had our friend um, Spencer Smith come on. And that was really exciting to have Spencer on and being able to get him on the show was really, really cool. And um, he, he's such a great guy. Really awesome to have him allow me into the press box and, you know, kind of get to learn from him a little bit was really just awesome. And being able to shadow him for a game was really cool as well. So definitely excited to have Spencer Smith and, you know, kind of work with him a little bit this year. And again, really a, a special guy and really happy to, become friends with him throughout the year this year. So it definitely was really cool to get to meet him again. July comes around. We got more baseball for minor leagues, you know, August go to a few more minor league games and then September rolls around and that's where things get crazy. So in September, I got my first ever opportunity to broadcast minor league baseball. And Oh my gosh, that was like a dream come true just to get the opportunity to be able to broadcast minor league baseball games and, you know, has been a dream of mine or just at least to get to broadcast any pro game has been a dream of mine. Obviously I do it for the Titans a little bit different though. It's kind of semi-pro, but with minor league baseball, you know, that's the real deal. That's pro, you know, real guys, real signed to pro contracts. I mean, just to be able to have that opportunity to broadcast a game. I did it for the Bradenton Marauders and I broadcasted it and they were playing against the Clearwater Threshers. So just be able to broadcast that game was really awesome. And to be able to be a part of that. And for my first ever broadcast, I thought I did 
I thought it did good. Again, I, I, I'm not going to shortchange myself. I'm not yet a full professional, but I did think I did pretty good for my first time. And I, I just had such a blast doing that. That was incredible. That was one of the probably best moments of my life. I, I really, really have to say that just be a part of a minor league broadcast, something that huge. I know it, it's, it's nothing like a major league broadcast, but listen, it's as close as you'll get to the major leagues right now, at least where I'm at. Um, so really, really excited about that to happen. Obviously, I went to some Rays games this year. I got out to a few. I got to go see my Phillies play this year. I got to go see the Detroit Tigers play, the Seattle Mariners play. I saw the Red Sox play this year on Sunday Night Baseball. That was incredible. That atmosphere was amazing. That was really, I think, the first time that I've seen a Rays game sold out in years. That was really cool. And then also to be able to go to playoffs games such as the Tampa Tarpons as well as the Tampa Bay Rays was also really special as well. So, again, just so much exciting stuff going on throughout the year. Obviously, I go to Bucks games, got to go to those, got to meet players throughout the year, got to meet awesome individuals throughout the year, broadcast games. What a crazy 2021 year it was for me, but uh, really happy that this year went so perfect. This was really honestly a great year for me and a really rebound year, if you will, I think for a lot of us. So this was definitely a fun year as always. And uh, just really happy to get back on track and get back with my broadcasting, obviously. So now let's get into talking outside of my 2021 year. And obviously, I got my list here. I got I, I wrote down a lot of stuff for this show tonight. So we got a lot to get into. Obviously, we're going to talk about Major League Baseball and talk about what's going on. So obviously, right now, the CBA is going on if you're unaware of that. And if you aren't a baseball fan. There's obviously negotiations that occur every couple of years and they're called CBAs or collective bargaining agreements. The players and the owners have to agree upon a agreement to be able to play the next couple of years or the season or however the case may be. And obviously right now, baseball is in a lockout right now, which is very unprecedented. We've really, these last couple of years have been really, really strange for baseball because if you look at the last couple of years, you have obviously 2020 with no fans in attendance. It was definitely a really strange year. Honestly, it almost took away my love for the game. And it, it, in a way, I say that, you know, I'm always going to love baseball. I think baseball is one of my favorite sports, obviously, because baseball's, you know, it's fun. It's relaxing. It's enjoyable. Uh, there's just a lot of things I could say that I, reasons I love baseball. Um, but here's my thing about, you know, baseball and with the whole CBA agreement. And in my opinion, I think they got to agree to something. You cannot go into the season this year and not have a agreement in place. There is no way baseball is going to be able to, not only from a financial standpoint, but from a revenue standpoint, like revenue is a big deal for baseball. So, you know, obviously you get your TV deals and such. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what actually transpires between the owners and the players. Here's my only thing I get sort of weird about is, and and, and I'm, I'm going to try to be, you know, I'm going to try to say this in the correct term here, terminology, I guess you could say. The only thing I get weird about is when people say, you know, oh, we're going to be in this lockout until like June or something like, calm down. First off, hold your horses. I don't think we're going to be in a lockout that long. I really genuinely don't think we're going to be in a lockout that long. And and, and here's my, my take on it. 
I think baseball right now, as we speak, has too much riding on it to be in a lockout in the regular season. Even in the even in the spring training, they have too much riding on it. If you get into spring training and have not signed a lockout, you're in like red alert, red alert, like warning, like danger. Like you have a lockout still going on heading into, you know, spring training, heading into the regular season. It's going to bury baseball. Like it's going to be bad for baseball. And it's tough to say it as a baseball fan because, you know, you I try to look at the positives in baseball and I try to, you know, be, you know, nice about it but baseball has to sign an agreement before i would say february 1st in my opinion i think you got to sign an agreement before pitchers and catchers report whenever it is like 14th of february it's like right around valentine's day you have to sign an agreement before that deadline in my opinion because if you don't then you're going to start getting into that murky water where you got to start canceling games you got to start rescheduling and it may end up being where major league teams are going to pretty much going to have a similar fashion to what it was in 2020. They may have a longer season. I do think they will have a longer season if it does end up going, you know, a little bit into the regular season. I do think they would probably have like a 140, 120 game season. It'll probably still be a decent amount of games will be played. But in my opinion, you have to sign something before spring training if you want to have a full season and have it go off without a hitch. I think they will. I know a lot of people are getting like really skeptical about it and saying, oh, they're going to, you know, this is never going to, you know, get figured out. They're going to figure it out. They're they're going to find a way to, because I imagine the players are going to want to play again. Uh, you know, they, they probably don't want to have another season. Obviously it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with everything going on. You know, we got the Omicron virus and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that stuff plays out. And if that's going to affect it all, what's going to go in with the CBA, because there's a lot of things that are kind of going to be big factors heading into the CBA. One thing that is going to be guaranteed is universal DH. And I'll, I'll put my say in this year right now. Do I like universal DH? I do because I believe that pitchers should not have to hit. I think it's a disadvantage for the national league teams that are having to play with the pitcher. You're basically having an eight man order. If you really think about it, not every pitcher in the national league can hit. Do pitchers practice in the national, you know, if you're on a national league team, is there any hitting, you know, drills? I'm not too certain. I would love to get actually a minor leaguer on to actually talk about that. And I believe I did bring it up to Ryan Valdez, who was a pitcher with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. He played with the Bradenton Marauders for a little bit. I did believe I brought it up to him on the podcast, maybe a few months ago, back in right around the kind of playoff time. We usually do a podcast. And I believe I brought it up to him. I asked him, I think I said to him, you know, do you guys practice at all, you know, doing your, you know, hitting drills at all because you are in the National League? And I believe he said yes, but it isn't really like looked at as much with the pitchers. You do get maybe like a round of BP at some point, but really not as much during spring training. Obviously, he never got to the major leagues. He only got throughout the minor leagues. So he really never got the hitting option during the minor leagues because there is no pitcher spot for the hitting. I don't know if it, there is in triple a, not too familiar with triple a very much, but in my opinion, should there be universal DH? Yes. But also I will say no too. And here's my no. 
I think having a pitcher hit is kind of cool because here's my thing. I'm into, you know, the wackiness of the National League. It is fun to sometimes watch National League games because I think it also changes, like, the mindset of a manager going into a game. I think it changes kind of the strategy that goes into a game. All right, so maybe are we going to take our pitcher out in the fifth inning even though he's having a good game, but his pitch count may be higher. Are you going to take him out of the order and put in a new pitcher so you're going to put in a, you know, pinch hitter? coming into the game. I think it really makes the strategy strategical aspect of baseball. I think it makes it really interesting. And I would love to see baseball be able to keep a, you know, pitcher DH type of scenario right now in American league National League. But do I think that it is a competitive disadvantage? I believe it is. I believe that baseball will have to use the universal DH. I think it's guaranteed it's going to happen. I think it's going to give every team an even playing field. It's going to give them an entire, you know, eight order. I mean, obviously when American league teams have to come over to play the national league teams and it's in a national league ballpark, obviously you're going to, you have to use your pitcher, but I just think it's easier just to have a universal DH, you know, DHs are, and, and, and really just home running in general is, you know, become kind of a thing now in baseball. And I, and in my opinion, I believe that's going to be kind of the big thing is home run. You know, fans are wanting to see home run balls getting hit. And for me, I, I like the home run hitting and I, I enjoy getting to see guys who can hit the ball with strength and power and all that. But I'm into seeing guys who can also hit for contact guys who, you know, can get on base, get, get, you know, just brings more statistical stuff to the table. And I think that's something that has been missing the last couple of years in baseball is, you know, seeing some of those more contact hitters. And obviously there are a lot of them in the game right now as well. But I mean, I, I feel like everybody's hitting for power. Now you see like 10 guys hit for 30 or plus home runs a year. That may even jump as we get, you know, later in the years. And, you know, guys are going to start wanting to hit more home runs and such. So it's, it's kind of really interesting to see kind of how, baseball has really changed itself. Obviously, a lot of people talk about, you know, how basketball has changed. You know, Steph Curry has been one of the big, you know, contributors to the way basketball has changed. And I could say that easily about baseball, man. Like, you got to think about it. Baseball has changed a lot in the last couple of years. I mean, guys like Stanton and Judge and, you know, Pete Alonzo and guys like that who are just mashing the ball, you know, week in and week out on a daily basis. You know, those guys have changed the game. And, you know, they've changed the way that the game is looked now, you know, it's, it's looked more as a guy, if you're not hitting a home run, I mean, you're basically, it's basically, you're kind of almost worthless if you want, I don't want to say it, but that's just kind of how the game has kind of developed. Now you're, you're looking at more guys who are hitting power now, and it's just interesting to see how the game has kind of transitioned here in these last couple of years. And I'm intrigued to see how the game will transition in the years to come. And again, we are 20 minutes away, guys, as we speak. We'll take a bit of a break here for a moment as we were talking Major League Baseball. We are 20 minutes away here until the new year. Again, I got my my bottle of grape, apple grape juice or sparkling grape juice. I don't know what this is. It sounds pretty, pretty good. Again, we're going to try this out here in a little bit. So, Hold on tight, boys. We are almost to the finish line of 2021. Can't believe it. I did already post out my 2021 kind of year in recap. And again, it was a crazy, crazy year. But 
talking more on baseball and getting into, I guess it would be my goals slash questions for Major League Baseball. So obviously, New Year's, we always have our goals and we always have, you know, kind of these what we want to hopefully achieve in the 2022 season. Well, for Major League Baseball teams, this is what I believe they're going to hopefully achieve for. And we're going to kind of get into a little bit of detail here for each team as we talk about them here for the 2022 season. Again, there's still a lot of, you know, key pieces and key dominoes that's got to fall in the 2022 offseason. You got to remember, there are a lot of key free agents still available. Clayton Kershaw is still available. He's still a free agent. If you really think about it, there is still a lot of free agents available who could easily change the way a team looks. So right now, this is preliminary. So again, stay, stay, stay calm. If 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 your team may not have the most favorable goal or question heading into the 2022 season. But again, let's kind of start in the American League East. And uh, to begin with Tampa, obviously for them, they've had a lot of goals and, and questions here in the area. And um, for me, I'm not going to get into the Montreal Tampa stuff. That's not going to be my 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 thing for them. Because I, in my opinion, I think that the whole thing's kind of stupid in my opinion. <laughs> but my my thing for them is, and I think a goal for Tampa Bay is consistent hitting. I think last season... You know, we saw really good hitting from Randy Rosarena. Wander Franco had a ridiculous year. He could have easily have been the rookie of the year this year if I think Wander or Rosarena did not have as good of a year as he did. Um, but again, I believe that Tampa Bay just needs to have consistent hitting top to bottom. They don't really have consistent hitting, and that's what's made them kind of struggle a little bit last year. They have, don't have really guys who I think you can rely on in, in, in big situations like top to bottom. You don't have guys who you can rely on throughout the order. So I think in my opinion, Tampa Bay just needs to hone in on that hitting. I think they can have a good hitting team. Obviously I heard, you know, last season, or I guess it would be, yeah, it will be last season at this point. I heard that Kiermaier was going to get better with his bat. I didn't really see it too much, but I don't really, it's hard to pay attention throughout 162 game season. But in my opinion, though, I, I believe that Kiermaier, you know, is a good player. He's obviously got that, you know, glove. He's he's a gold glove type caliber player. But again, I, I think the consistent hitting has got to be the big thing that Tampa Bay's got to hone on here in the American League. East. Talk about Boston next. Uh, my my thing I wrote down for him is true or fluke. That's my thing. And, and my thing is, is the 2021 season for them, was that a fluke type of year or was that a true, actually, this is a good team? In my opinion, I do believe that they are a true team, but I think that's going to be one of the big questions. Is, is this Boston team still going in the direction of, you know, being in the playoffs? Because I think still a lot of people last season thought that Boston was still going to be kind of a third place type of team. I thought they were going to be two or third place type of team, maybe even fourth. I didn't want to get that bad, but I know there were some fans who I think thought fourth place possibly for Boston again. I believe last season they were fifth. They were actually, I believe, worse in Baltimore last year. So, or excuse me, in 2020. So I think really for Boston is, was last season a true, this is a team that can contend for a championship or was it a fluke? And was it just something where, Okay, you had a good season, but in my opinion, the American League East is the one of the toughest divisions in the MLB right now. Top to bottom, this is one of the toughest divisions in MLB. 
Tampa Bay's right now playing good. Boston's good. New York's good. Toronto's good. Those are four teams that are easily good. Baltimore right now, they're not very good, but they could still beat some teams up a little bit. They've all, you know, when you're playing your division, you tend to play better. It's one of the best divisions right now in baseball, in my opinion. And so right now, in my opinion, I think Boston does end up having success in the near future and having success in the next couple of years. But I do think that really the big question is heading into 2022. Was this past season a fluke or was it really a true season? As for the Yankees, my thing is make it to the title game. They have not made it to the title game, guys, since 2009. That is crazy. Like, that is legitimately crazy that the Yankees have not made it in, like, over 10 years. Like, it is really remarkable to me that the Yankees have not been able to do absolutely anything. And they've had really good seasons the last couple of years. Like, this team has actually had some, you know, people actually thinking they're going to make it to the World Series. I saw people saying they were going to make it to the World Series this year. Even last year, I saw people saying they were going to make it to the World Series, and they still didn't do bullcrap. This Yankees team is very, very weird right now. They're in kind of a situation where I don't know what direction they're going to go in. Is Aaron Boone going to be the guy, the skipper of this team for the next couple of years, or is his time shortly coming up like Girardi's did? I think there's a lot of questions with this Yankees team. And I, in my opinion, they have to get to a championship game in order to legitimize this Yankees team. Because if they don't, if you're a Yankees fan, it's, it's championship or bust. I mean, that's every single season you're going in because you have the team, you have the guys around it. And not only that, you could get a guy like Carlos Correa, who is available right now at shortstop, who's a ridiculous fielder. Don't listen. Don't worry about everything that's happened in the past. He's still a good player. Those guys from the Astros are still good players. Jose Altuve is still a good player. I know they've done stuff in the past, but if you watch the product on the field, they are still very good players. They still play at the high level. And again, I think the Yankees have to get to the title game. I I think they have to at least get to the title game here. Not maybe this year, but maybe in the next few years. But I think that they have to make it to the title game. That is a goal for the Yankees. I think that's goal for the fans and maybe even for the media as well, I believe. So going to be interesting to see how the Yankees do in a very tough AL East Going for Toronto now, I just think get a wild card spot. They could easily get a wild card spot this year. They have a very good team. They got Boba Shett. They got Vladdy Jr., which somebody had said they didn't like Vladdy Jr. They just he just didn't like the he thinks he's annoying. I thought that was kind of a bad statement because I love Vladdy. I think Vladdy is fun to watch. Um, and then you got a guy like Kevin Biggio, you got Marcus Simeon, which oh wait, no, Simeon's in Texas. My bad. Simeon's in Texas. So you don't have Simeon anymore. But you still have a very good team. You got Randall Gritchick on your team as well, who had a really good season. Tiascar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, you got a lot of good players on this Blue Jays team, a lot of promise. You got George Springer, who's going to be back with the team as well. That's another guy who's going to bring a lot of pop. Hopefully he's ha- uh, has a healthy season and is able to bring stuff to the table for this Dunedin Blue Jays or this Toronto Blue Jays team, excuse me. So I think that's going to be exciting to see the Toronto Blue Jays hopefully get a wild card spot. Now going to Baltimore, enjoy Cedric Mullins. (laughs) Baltimore, you guys are in a really tough spot right now. You guys have nothing to look forward to other than Cedric Mullins. So have fun with Cedric Mullins. Have fun with your younger guys coming up the system. Adley Rutschman, I'm excited to see what he could do. Um, so I just say, you know, have fun with your young guys. I would say that uh, that's probably my going to be my goal for you guys. Enjoy the young guys. Enjoy your youth, because that's really what's going to be the kind of focus for your team right now here in the next couple of years. 
Let's now jump into the American League Central as we are closing in. we got 13 minutes left here until the ball drops officially. Um, again, we're not sure if we're going to stay on Twitch or not here um, past the midnight hour. I believe we will. We'll stay on a little bit, uh, talk a little bit about what maybe is to come. Going to the Yale Central, Detroit, promising pitching staff. Uh, yeah, their pitching staff's really awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to see what this pitching staff is being able to be capable of. I think you have a guy like Casey Mize. You're bringing a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, who's definitely, I think, going to help that pitching rotation. Definitely going to you know bring a veteran presence into the rotation, maybe help out some of the younger guys. I think that's going to give it a little bit more stability. Um, and I'm excited to see what Detroit could do this season. I think they could be an interesting team to watch out for in an AL Central where – you know, KC looked good. I think they could easily possibly get a wild card spot. I think the American League is definitely outside of the AL East. The American League has definitely decreased a little, but also the West got really good. So I don't really know. The West almost became the National League West of last year, where teams were just picking up players just so then they could beat each other out. But in the AL Central, I think it's, again, promising pitching staff. I think you got something, a goal for you guys is to look at that promising pitching staff and say, listen, we got some hope in the pitching rotation. Offensively speaking, I think they could use some work. I think they had a really nice start to the season, and I'm excited to see what Akil Badu can do for this team. I'm not sure if Robbie Grossman is coming back with the team, but I, I'm excited to see what, what's going to happen with the Detroit Tigers. Going in with the Kansas City Royals, is it time? That is my question. Is it time for the Royals to make another push towards the playoffs? You got a guy like Salvi Perez who legitimately revitalized his career last year for the Royals. It was crazy to watch. I cannot believe how good of a season he had last season for the Kansas City Royals. And I just really think you look at that team top to bottom, you got a guy like Andrew Benatendi on that roster. I mean, this team is going to be very, very good. You got some young guys, Brady Singer, on the Kansas City Royals organization as well. It's going to be interesting to see what the Royals do because easily I could see them, you know, just say, hey, you know, we're going to start maybe from scratch, maybe get rid of Salvi here in the future. He's getting a little bit older. You know, catchers obviously don't last very long behind the plate. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen there. And then, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I could easily see Casey making it as a wildcard team. I genuinely believe that. I think they were very close to getting it in this year. They obviously kind of fell down a little towards the end of the season. I think they could easily get a playoff spot. I think with a guy like Mike Matheny under the helm, I think he could easily bring in a play a postseason team to Kansas city. And I think you can make that really interesting in the American league central for the white Sox. Because if you look at the next two teams coming up with Minnesota, I have them as a question. Turn to the next in line. I think that's the big question. Is Minnesota ready to start, you know, kind of focusing on maybe the next youth movement in Minnesota? Because you look at it right now, you obviously trade some players. Jorge Polanco has gone. Nelson Cruz obviously gets traded. Nelson Cruz obviously towards the end of his career, a little bit older. So that, that made a little bit more sense. But get some older, younger guys. you got a lot of youth in the system and you got guys like Byron Buxton, you got, you know, a guy like Max Kepler, you know, you got some young talent, you got some hope still with this Twins team, you know, you got Kenta Maeda as well, so pitching staff is still there too, Jose Barrios is gone now, he's in Toronto, Toronto again also has Barrios too, so that's going to be interesting, in my opinion, Minnesota, what's next, I think that's a big thing, is do you stick with your young guys that you have now with Buxton and, you know, a guy like Kepler. And do you bring up some of those, you know, 
younger guys in the system. Royce Willis, what's next for Royce? Is he going to get his opportunity yet? Like, is he going to be hopefully in the mix, at least of getting an opportunity at the big league level? You know, some of the pitching, will it be interesting to see how that all plays out as well? Minnesota's an interesting team because last season was a really, really bad year for them. I honestly had them going to the playoffs. I thought they were legitimately stacked. They were one of the better teams in the American League. And for them not to go to the playoffs last year and to underperform, like underperform badly, it was a really bad year for Minnesota last year. And it's going to be interesting to see what their direction is going to be. Are they going to go to the next in line in that organization? Or are they going to try and stick with those young guys and then maybe bring up a few of those younger pieces that they maybe want to try and incorporate here in the next couple of years? It's going to be very interesting to see how Minnesota is going to play out. But going into Cleveland, new name, new land. I hope you get that right. Instead of new, uh, instead of new team, but uh, new name, new land for Cleveland. I think just you know get off to a good start this year. I think just you know have a nice season. You know. You got a new team name. The Guardians, obviously, is now the new team name. I will be copying merch. I did find a really nice shirt on the MLB shop. I will be definitely buying that T-shirt. It it almost looks like an Avengers shirt. It's kind of cool, actually. So I will be getting that. I think for Cleveland, just I think, you know, basically have a good season and rely on some of your next up-and-coming players as well. You know, for a team like Cleveland, they've traded a lot of their pieces. You know, you get rid of a guy like Francisco Lindor during the season and, and then obviously, you know, or over the off season of last year, you obviously still have Jose Ramirez still on the team. Is he going to be there for the long haul or is he going to get, end up being traded at the deadline this year? I think that's going to be one of the other key questions as well for the Cleveland guardians heading into this season. And it's going to be very interesting to see where this guardians team ends up going. And I'm, I'm really intrigued about what the guardians could do. I think it's going to be really exciting and I do have some chats here. Landy N07. I hope he said your name right here on Colorcast. Happy New Year, man. Appreciate that very much. Again, thanks for joining the Flow Show podcast. We are going to be on hopefully till maybe 1130. Uh, kind of still playing it by ear here on the time here. Going now into the White Sox and their New Year goals slash questions heading into the season. And for the White Sox, I got them dominance in the central. I think they could easily dominate this division. It's a division where the bottom four teams are kind of up in the air still. We're not really sure where they're going to be going, where KC, Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit. Chicago is going to be the team that's going to run that division. It's almost going to be like the National League Central, where Milwaukee is kind of the one lone team, though I will say St. Louis is probably going to be a contender this year. But – uh. I'm excited to see what the White Sox are going to be able to do. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can dominate the central like they did last year. I, I think they can. And I think this is definitely their division. And it's again, it's their, that's what I basically said. It's their division. They're basically like it. They're basically their own. They're basically writing their own fate for that division. So that's my take on the White Sox. We now head into the American League West. We're going to try to make this real quick here. Houston, one last shot. In my opinion, I think this is it. I think this is the one last opportunity for Houston to get back to the postseason. I think they only have a short time left because I think a lot of these guys are getting older in that organization. A lot of their guys that are starting right now, you're going to start to have relying on the young up-and-coming talent in the organization, but there really isn't a lot of the up-and-coming talent. You got to see Jose Siri this year, who I think is going to be really good. But um, 
Houston, one last shot. I think this is one of your last years. You're going to be in that playoff kind of atmosphere. So Houston, hopefully you definitely kind of take that all in because I think it's going to be interesting to watch, but let's go talk about Seattle. Now keep playing at a high level. I think if you could keep playing the way you played last year, I think people are going to take Seattle very seriously. And I think they're going to make them people realize, I think they're going to make people realize that this is a really tough team. And this is a team that could easily get and win that division. I think the AL West right now is wide open. Houston, I don't think is going to be the same after this season. If Correa leaves, I think a lot of things are going to start shuffling with Houston. I think they may end up being a second place team, maybe a wild card team at best. Um, I think Seattle could easily get into the American League West, you know, picture again. I think they're playing really good. They got a lot of young talent. They did lose Kyle Seager. I will say that, but I think they're, you know, bringing in some pieces right now. I like what Seattle's doing. And there couldn't be a contender in this really wide open American League West. As for Oakland, I know I kind of said for, you know, Tampa, I know I said, I'm not going to bring up the Montreal stuff. I'm going to bring up the Oakland stuff because I can. And as for the Oakland stuff, I'm going to say, just stay in Oakland, please, please stay in Oakland. I think they're, you know, the athletics are, you know, a team that has been rooted in Oakland for the last couple of seasons or really for the years. And, you know, they won a World Series there. Ricky Henderson's been there. You know, they've had so much success in Oakland. Just please stay in Oakland. Please get a get a freaking stadium, for God's sake. Like, I will literally I will literally support that all the way. But just get a stadium, please. Um, as for L.A., Trout to the postseason. This has been the big thing, obviously. Get Trout to a freaking postseason this year. I think that's a goal for everybody. Joe Madden. Get Trout to the postseason. You brought in some players. You got Noah Syndergaard now. He's going to definitely help your rotation big time because you need rotation help outside of Otani. So having Syndergaard, an actual guy who can probably get you actual innings and not a guy like Otani who, you know, you may not be able to pitch every single game or not every game, obviously, but you may not get it, be able to pitch in the same kind of rotation, you know, every five days or so. Same thing, you know, again, you might not have the same kind of situation with him that you would a cinder guard who you can probably do every five because obviously he's a regular pitcher. You know, with Otani, he's a little bit different. You want to probably use him for different situations, whether he's got a good hitting matchup, you might want to put him in. So get dropped to the postseason, please. He hasn't been in one since 2014, and it was literally like a blink in the eye. I don't even remember it, to be honest. So please get trout to the postseason. Joe, you are the man to do it. I love Joe Madden. He's obviously amazing. He's a fun guy and brings life to any party. Let's go out to Texas now. And Texas, give fans hope, man. I mean, you look at the moves that they made. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, John Gray. They're going to be an exciting team, man. This is going to be a Texas team that I think is going to have some a lot of success in the future. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team this year? No, I don't believe so. A lot of people are saying, oh, they're going to be a playoff team this year. I don't think they're going to. I think it's too early to say that Texas is going to be a playoff team this year. So in my opinion, Texas, you are not going to be a playoff team this year, but I do believe that there is hope and there's light at the end of the tunnel for the Texas Rangers, in my opinion. We have finished the American League. We'll go in the National League in just a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about the New Year's goals and questions for the National Leagues. We'll also go into some college baseball before we start wrapping things up here on today's podcast. 197. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. This is kind of crazy to think. We are literally almost to 200. We got two more episodes to post, and then we are at 200. We're going to be doing something really, really special for that. So stay tuned for post on our Instagram page. If you want to follow us here on Instagram, follow us on the Flow Show Pod 
on Instagram as well. You can also follow me on Twitter, Mike Up Deesball, as well on Twitter. And go check out our friends again at Pick Drafts. Go check out our friends at Officials Depot. All of our sponsors that have been able to provide us with the great, you know, sponsorships and everything. So we really do appreciate them and their sponsorships to our podcast show. And again, we will again finish out here in just a little bit. We are one minute away, ladies and gentlemen, to the new year. This is exciting. We're going to actually play the new year song, if you will. So just give me one second here. We're going to try and pull up one that I guess will be good for us. I can't believe we're already to the new year. This is kind of crazy to me. All right, we're going to play. I hope this is a good one. Hopefully this is the instrumental. And it is officially 2022. Let's pop the bottles here, boys. Here we go. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get this bottle open here. Oh, we got the juice. Here we go. Boys, a toast. Happy New Year's. Wow, that's actually good stuff. Happy New Year's, boys. It is officially 2022, and we are on the road to baseball. We are now a month away, a month and a half away from spring training baseball. That is right. Can't believe it. Month away. Cheers. All righty. Now to the back half of the show again. Happy New Year 2022. It is baseball now 2022. Really crazy to think about that it is already the new year. Let's get in now to the National League East here in our New Year goals and questions. National League East, Atlanta is next. The champs here heading in here. Let's talk about them. Uh, be comfortable. I think the big thing is for them, I think being a comfortable state than they were last time around, obviously. They were in a little bit of a situation where they were kind of uncomfortable. They, you know, had to battle their way back to get to the World Series, and they obviously did. They won the championship. I think for them, it's being a comfortable spot when you get to September and get to October where you're leading the division or at least in a wild card spot where you're in a decent spot. And I think that's really the big thing and big key for Atlanta heading into 2022. For Philly, turn the corner. And obviously, if you can hear me behind me, there are fireworks literally getting shot behind me outside my house. Um as for Philly, turn the corner. I just think the big thing is for Philly right now is get back to the playoffs. I think that's a huge thing right now. Get back to the playoffs for Philly. Um, again, you know, Philly has a lot, you know, riding on them. Got a guy like Joe Girardi. How long is Joe Girardi going to be here in Philadelphia? And Bryce Harper is an MVP, you know, player. You know, he just won the MVP this year. So how long does it take for the Philadelphia Phillies to get to the playoffs? I think you have to get to the playoffs this year or it's a bust in my opinion, again, and, and they've been a bust the last couple of years. So you got to get to the playoffs if you're Philadelphia and if they have expanded playoffs this year, I think that is the perfect time to get to the playoffs for Philadelphia. They would need to get to the playoffs if they do have an expanded playoff. New York Mets stop the pain. For the New York Mets, they have to get back into the postseason. Please, they have the team to do it. You have to get to the postseason. They have players on that team. They got Francisco Lindor. They got Javi Baez on that team. 
please get back to the postseason. Please get back to the postseason. I'm begging you to stop the pain for Mets fans. I feel you guys. You guys need to get back to the postseason every year. Even this year, I thought they were going to make it, and they didn't go and make it. I was very disappointed. So hopefully they get back to the postseason. Miami, contenders yet. Miami's an interesting point right now. Are they kind of a team that is going to go in the direction where they're going to go all in and, you know, hopefully try to build with their young talent? Or are they just going to end up, you know, getting rid of a lot of those guys and just starting fresh again? Miami's really been in this situation for that for years. They really have not had very much success. They obviously made it to the playoffs in 2020. That was kind of a weird year to begin with, so I wouldn't even count that as a playoff year for them. They did end up winning a playoff series, though, which is pretty remarkable. It was one of the kind of feel-good stories of the postseason that year. But in my opinion, I think Miami's in a situation where are they going to be able to get stuff out of their players and get productive numbers? Because I think they could be a contender in the NL East, but it is going to be a tough road to get there. They, I think they could beat up on the Mets. They could beat up on my Phillies, which is unfortunate to say, and they have beat up on our Phillies in the last couple of years. But in my opinion, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Miami Marlins here in the next couple of seasons, and especially heading into 2022. Washington, look to the new age. I think right now they're in a situation where they're looking at their younger talent. They're bringing up a lot of their younger talent. I think right now for Washington, look at the next generation of talent that could be maybe bring you your next Bryce Harper in Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital. Going to the National League Central now, Milwaukee, are they a long timer? And I mean by that is, is this team going to be consistently good? We obviously saw in the last couple of seasons before this past year, you know, they kind of struggled a little bit. They had some early, you know, eliminations. They lost to Washington to have won the World Series. They lost in 2022 or excuse me, 2020. It would have been 2020 in that season. They end up losing and getting eliminated very quickly. In my opinion, Milwaukee is really interesting. Are they going to be able to keep all their players around and be able to keep that kind of core together? Or is are we going to start seeing Milwaukee maybe go into a rebuild mode and maybe start fresh and try to build back up their organization? that they have given away these last couple of years. Next, we're going to St. Louis win the division, man. I mean, I think this team has a good shot at winning the division. Got a guy like, you know, Yadier Molina, who's entering his final season in his career. It's going to be really interesting to see him retiring. Obviously, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question in my mind. He is one of the best catchers the game has ever seen. I really am excited to see what he can do, um, you know, obviously this season. And then, obviously, you have the best you know, corners in baseball, Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado interested to see what they can bring to the table. And I think St. Louis could easily win this division. It is not a very tough division because you look at the next three teams, Cincinnati is time up. And I think it is, I think Vado's got to retire here soon. He, I would think might be a first ballot hall. Of, uh, I don't know. Probably not be. I think the injuries have messed up his last part of his career, but in my opinion though, I think Cincinnati is at the point where I think you got to start saying, you know, the, the it's done. We had that playoff run where we played really good. We had Bauer. You know, they brought us some success that year. But Cincinnati's at the point now where I think they're they they know what they have. They're gonna start trying to build for the future. And I think Vado's time is up, man. I think he's almost done in Cincinnati, and I think he ends up retiring as a red, which he really should. He, he's been there all his career, and 
he's been so loyal to that franchise. So I do believe he will retire as a red as for the Cubs, the new 2016, I think, you know, what is kind of the direction for the Chicago Cubs? Marcus Stroman ended up signing with the Cubs, which I thought was the freaking strangest thing. Cubs have really no major piece right now that I would say is kind of their main guy on offense. Obviously now you get a guy like Marcus Stroman bulks up that pitching staff. Again, you got Kyle Hendricks still on that pitching staff. What's he, what's happening going to happen to him? It's going to be interesting season for the Cubs. And in my opinion, I don't think you're going to be a playoff team this year, but I think if Stroman's in it for, you know, Hey, maybe we could build something here in the next couple of years. Maybe I see some potential. Maybe the Cubs might have something going. And I like David Ross because I think he's obviously knows the Cubs organization. He's been around that organization for a lot of years, the last couple of seasons, obviously winning a world series with them is final stop in his career. I think David Ross can bring a lot to the table as a Cubs manager, but is the players around him is the real question. Is that going to be the issue? Because right now the Cubs don't have anybody on offense, but you are able to get a guy like Marcus Stroman. It's a pretty big deal. So Cubs are going to be interesting to watch going into Pittsburgh. Now finish at least close to 500, please. I think Pittsburgh has a decent team. You got some young guys on that roster who could definitely contribute. O'Neill Cruz is going to be a guy to watch out for to Brian Hayes. Your shortstop position is probably your deepest one when it comes to potential. This team has a lot of potential. There's a lot of guys on there who can be and blossom to be obviously all-stars. We saw Jacob Stallings become an all-star. He's now gone though. He's in Miami, which I think will definitely help Miami's cause. Um, You got Brian Reynolds, who was an all-star. He'll definitely be good. Key Brian Hayes is going to be a future all-star as well for them. But how long is he going to be in Pittsburgh for? Is he going to end up being traded at some point? That's going to be interesting as well to watch out for. And then now going into the National League West, San Francisco, make a statement. I think the big thing for San Francisco is being able to continue their success from last season and, you know, being able to hang with the big boys, if you will, in that division with the Dodgers. And I guess you could say even the Padres too, which we'll get to the Padres in a minute, but the Dodgers up next, keep it the same, man. Dodgers have been playing, you know, the the Dodgers, man, they got money like the Yankees. They're going to spend it on big name guys. They're going to keep playing the way they play. You know, it's big money baseball in LA. People want to go to LA. People want to go to the, you know, Hollywood, that's where all the big stars are. You're going to have media members, celebrities go to the games. Like it's a big deal to play in LA and the Dodgers are going to just keep it the same. They, they had nothing wrong this season at all. They had a team to easily get to the world series and win it. They unfortunately didn't. The Braves were just a hotter team at the point that they got to. And unfortunately that's how the cookie crumbles. And obviously the Braves ended up going on to win the world series. So again, going to be interesting to see, what ends up occurring with the Dodgers, but I think it's going to be fine. If you're a Dodgers fan every year, you should easily go into every year saying we will be completely fine going with the Padres pretenders or contenders. I think the big thing is, is the Padres legit? Are they going to be going into the season as a legit contender or are they going to be another pretender? A lot of emotional drama happened last season with the Padres team. Got Bob Melvin under the helm, obviously experience obviously has his, you know, his track record obviously proves that he's won everywhere he's gone. He's done a great job with Oakland. So I think he's going to be a very good help and he's going to help hopefully a San Diego team kind of hopefully gel together and, you know, kind of tear off the animosity that's right now currently in San Diego. As for Colorado rebuild or reclaim, I think the big thing is for Colorado hanging this year, is this team going to go in a rebuild? Is Trevor story going to be gone by the end of the season? Or is there going to be a reclaim, if you will? Obviously, Trevor Story is a free agent, but we could obviously see him go back to Colorado. If he goes back to Colorado, though, will Colorado end up starting to rebuild and, you know, start getting rid of those pieces? 
or are they going to try and hopefully, you know, maybe try to be in a win now situation and bring Trevor story, some win now opportunities. I think it's going to be a rebuild in my opinion. I don't see Colorado getting into any reclaim. The issue with Colorado is, especially on the pitching side of things, pitchers don't last in Colorado because, and that's why you don't see many big pitchers go there because this numbers are so skewed in Colorado. It's, it's such a weird stadium. It's such a weird, you know, city when it comes to the way the numbers are. And it just really doesn't give you an accurate, accurate, accurate representation of what you have as a player. So in my opinion, rebuild or reclaim. And as for Arizona, make it above one, make it above a team like Colorado, please. It, that's all I'm hoping for, for you guys. I mean, you guys really don't have very much to lack John to right now. Arizona's in a full rebuild mode right now, and it's going to be interesting to see where they end up going here in the next couple of years. But in my opinion, next year, if you can make it over Colorado, I think you're fine because Colorado, Arizona, I feel like is a decent robbery at least the last couple of years. So that is it on my major league talk. Now we go into a little bit of college baseball, talk about what's going to be happening, hopefully in the college year. Obviously, if you guys don't know, I will be covering some college baseball, hopefully this upcoming season. But taking a look at the entire state of Florida here, but get beginning with Bethune Cookman College out of the MEAC conference. Obviously, Bethune Cookman is a HBCU, historically black college and university school. So Bethune Cookman in Daytona Beach, Florida, they kick off their season here in Florida, taking on Youngstown State opening that weekend. Obviously, a lot of teams opening on the 18th through the 20th, and they usually are playing series against teams. So Pretty interesting game to start of the season. They play their games at Jackie Robinson Ballpark, where the Daytona Tortugas play at. So, again, Bethune Cookman, going to be interesting to watch out for. They'll play Youngstown State on the first weekend of the season for college baseball. Obviously, if we don't have Major League Baseball, this might be the only baseball we're going to be getting. So, definitely take this schedule and definitely maybe hang it on a wall or write it down or something. So Florida A&M, they have yet to announce their schedule for the 2022 season. That is to be determined, as well as Florida Gulf Coast. So we're going to make those two easy, both two to be determined schedules currently for the 2022 season. Heading in for FAU, this is Florida Atlantic out of the Conference USA. They will start their season at home for a four-game series against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So that's going to be a fun series. If you're in FA, if you're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, wanting to watch some good college baseball. That should be a nice series for the Owls in Fort Lauderdale. I have a buddy who's going to be there in Fort Lauderdale. So I believe he'll be at that game and actually will be playing in that game because he plays for FAU. So hopefully he'll get some time in that game against the Golden Gophers. Going to FIU over and I believe this is in Miami. This is in the Conference USA as well. They're out of the Conference USA in FAU's conference. They're going to be playing UIC the opening weekend. They'll be playing them from the 19th through the 20th. So only a two-game series in that little opening weekend of the college baseball season. Looking at Florida State out of the ACC, they're taking on James Madison at home. That's a three-game series from the 18th through the 20th of February. Going for Jacksonville University, the Dolphins. We got them out of the ASUN conference. They're playing high point to open the season from February 18th through the 20th. That should be an interesting series to open up the season. Stetson out of the ASUN as well. They got Delaware on their opening weekend schedule. They also have Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, coming into town as I believe they're doing like a little bit of a almost like a tournament type thing. 
it's almost a round robin where Delaware is going to play Stenson. Delaware will also play Notre Dame. And there's also going to be Manhattan as well. University being played that weekend. I believe that'll be all in Stetson university. So pretty big weekend for Stetson with starting out with a um, Delaware school and also Notre Dame, which I believe is an ACC school. So interesting to see there, but should be fun baseball for Stetson and the Hatters. UCF, the American Conference, obviously they'll be representing this year only a short time and they'll be out of the American year soon as they'll be heading over to the Big 12 Conference and we'll have another Power 5 school here in the state of Florida. Obviously that will bring up our Power 5 school number two, four at that point. But UCF, they'll be taking on the University of Siena and that's going to be a three-game series on the first weekend from the 18th to the 20th. The Gators out of the SEC, they got Liberty to open up that first weekend from the 18th through the 20th. The University of Miami, the Canes, obviously got to put my U there. Uh, they're going to be taking on Townsend, the Tigers, from February 18th through the 20th. University of North Florida out of the A-Sun Conference, the, I believe the Eagles, I believe, or the Ospreys. They'll be taking on Prestabarian College um, from the 18th to the 20th for their opening weekend. And USF out of the American, they also have a little bit of a round robin as well, similar to Stetson. They'll be playing UConn, Louisville, and Charlotte in that weekend. Should be an interesting series. UConn, obviously a former American team. Louisville, also a former American team. And Charlotte, they'll be a future American team here, I believe, in 2023. So going to be very, very busy for the collegiate baseball teams, obviously, but it's going to be a really, really fun, fun, hopefully season for college baseball. I cannot wait. Obviously a lot of changes will be made here in the upcoming future with college baseball, with the, a lot of the realignment stuff. Remember, None of this realignment stuff is not only if all this realignment stuff is not only affecting football, but it's also affecting baseball too. So you got to remember that this is going to also affect baseball and it's also going to bring in new teams and it's going to be good for the sport, hopefully. And I'm excited to see some new teams entering into the American. And I think it's going to be interesting when we get into the AAC championship tournament to see some of those newer teams and how they perform and, you know, kind of some of the differences from the kind of old American to the new American. This is kind of the third generation because you obviously had the first one with Rutgers and Louisville. Then you go into the second one without them, and you obviously have all your current teams that are in the American right now. And then you have all the teams that, you know, obviously are now going into the third generation where you're losing UCF, Cincinnati, and also a team like, um, what is the other team? Houston as well. So you're losing a few big teams there, but again, should be interesting to see how that will all play out. But Let's finally wrap things up here as we're closing out here on today's show. Again, thank you for joining us. This is also episode 197. If you are wanting to follow us here, again, follow us on our Instagram, on our Facebook page, Twitter, whatever you guys may be. Follow us on our Instagram page for sure, though. That's where we post a lot of our stuff, and we got a lot planned on the show. If you plan on tuning in on our podcast, we got a lots of stuff planned, and we're actually going to share this little Word document here that I have created here so we have some what's to come upcoming here on the podcast and this is kind of what will be coming up here for us here on the flow show and basically we'll begin with the first one and that is return to youtube and twitch my big thing is i would like to get back onto the youtube and twitch grind again i had posted a lot of videos on youtube and on twitch i'm hoping to do some more twitch streaming maybe do some gaming a little bit as well i do love doing the twitch stuff so that will be fun and then with youtube i want to start posting interviews other little stuff as well with baseball and 
as you can see, number two, this is my big one expanding beyond baseball. So my big thing is I'm going to be starting a new podcast called the more flow show podcast. I am going to be covering football, basketball, and other sports outside of the baseball realm. So get excited for that. That is going to be really exciting. I can't wait to be able to get to start that and talk football. I'm going to talk college football, NFL football. That is going to start here very, very soon. Hopefully by the next week. And I'm very, very excited for that. And then as the next one progresses, YouTube and Twitch will have a live show every Tuesday night. So Tuesday night, I will have a live show. I will most likely start it next Tuesday where I will be doing a live show where I will be talking sports. I'll be talking other information, other news stuff that's going on around the world. Again, that's going to be really fun as well. Can't wait to get to talk about that. And I got a new show schedule coming out here. So Tuesdays will be minor league and college episodes. So obviously once the season starts, we'll start incorporating that. And then Thursdays will be MLB episodes. If the MLB is going on, if not, we'll maybe do interviews or we'll have other episodes or other little things going on in that episode day. And then Sunday, we're going to be doing a betting, betting and gambling type show. So we're going to talk about all the bets and stuff and different, you know, over-unders and all that good jazz. We're going to talk about that on Sundays. So that's going to be exciting. And then obviously we're also going to have and continue our interviews with our players, coaches, and front office members. And finally, my future plan. So for me, I do want to start something almost like a podcast, you know, brand podcast media outlet, if you will. And what I want to do is I want to allow people to be able to have their own podcast shows under my obviously umbrella and be able to post their content. And I'll, I'll even post and, you know, be able to promote your guys' content. And if you guys have a podcast idea or something or bring, you know, you have a, a football podcast, a baseball podcast, a hockey podcast, whatever my case may be. I would love you guys to please drop it in my comments, you know, whatever case may be, my DMs or whatever. And I would love to be able to see what your podcast ideas are. And maybe you'll be able to be a part of kind of my podcast umbrella, podcast outlets. And I would love to start, you know, being able to allow fans the opportunity to be able to have their own podcast, be able to kind of just be able to get to learn a little bit about the media world. And, you know, kind of be able to have their own fun with it. I think my big thing is like, and I try to be genuine on this podcast, you know, I, I love having fun, man. I love being able to enjoy myself. And I think that's a big thing about podcasting is just be yourself, man. I think that's what's awesome about being a part of the, the podcasting world is you can kind of be yourself and, you know, bring yourself to the table and you can kind of build your own brand. So that's what I've kind of been able to do and be able to have this, you know, kind of Florida based podcast and, you know, kind of be a Florida guy. So you know, it's kind of cool and it's a fun podcast that I'm able to be a part of. And without the fans, I mean, without the people who listen to this podcast here every day, I, I really do appreciate it. And obviously uh, all hopes and good things for 2022, which is obviously already going on right now. And that is pretty much where I'm going to wrap things up, guys. This is basically the end of my show here. Episode 197 is complete. 198 will be out next Tuesday. We got 199 hopefully coming up here just shortly after that. So we got a lot of stuff planned here upcoming on the podcast. If you do enjoy this or if you're watching this after the fact, after the show has already been live aired, please go check out our podcast on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, wherever you can find your podcasting. Um, basically on any platform, you can go find us. Type in The Flow Show. That is our podcast. You'll see it. It's easy. It's not too hard to look up, but definitely go check us out. We would definitely appreciate it. Follow us here on Twitch. Follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube. 
Also follow us on my Instagram page, the Flow Show Podcast. Very, very simple there. Also follow me on my Twitter, Mike Up Ball. That is my personal Twitter, but I do post a lot about my podcast and stuff and what's going on in the baseball world. So again, guys, appreciate everyone so much for a great 2021 year. What an incredible year it was. Getting able to recap it for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys are listening to it after the fact, appreciate everyone who is able to listen to this after this uh, obviously live recording, but we do appreciate it. And we will see you guys for 198. Peace out guys and have a happy new year.